0: My goal is twenty-five thousand units of housing by twenty twenty-five. I need about.
1: Yeah, that's a ginormous goal, and that's definitely achievable. And you know, your faith and um, your your drive, tenacity, and all of that you know your why is really big. So I want to just start off by asking um, the questions, Uh, Miss Bethany. So as a person who is successfully invested. Can you start us out by just sharing what are some of the basics? Who do you need on your team? What did you guys do? Um, Mm -hmm. Even talk about maybe, I don't know if you've had any pitfalls, but if there are any danger zones, please Mm -hmm. let us know because there are a lot of people, a lot of people who are listening today. They want to get going. They just, they want to move from that idea concept. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to trust. They don't know where to get the funds. So talk to us, Bethany.
2: Yeah, so um, I, I always say start small and then move it up. And when I think about the first home I bought, I bought, I w- it was in college. I had the opportunity to either buy a home or to rent um, an apartment complex. I was gonna be there for four to five years. My sister was coming in behind me and it was either I buy and I own something of my own that's hopefully gonna appreciate one day and I'll be able to sell or, you know, um, I'll be able to, or I can just pay money and then never recoup those funds. And so we bought, Um, unfortunately, I bought, this was actually back in 2006. So if you talk about one of those pitfalls, um, it was the first time I bought a home, didn't really do comparative analysis. I didn't, um, I didn't really know what the market value was. I didn't know what the market trends were, just saw a nice house that I wanted to live in myself. And then in 2008, the market plummeted. And so um, I think that that was the first learning always, whether I'm buying a house for myself personally or for investment property, I always do a comparative analysis. I always look and make sure that I'm buying under market or I'm negotiating under market and um, always look and see how the growth trends are in that neighborhood. So that's something I learned from there, but I've been able to do lots of different things with that property since then, as far as renting out to students, I'm doing um, Section 8 homes, and then now I'm even doing a, a, I'm renting out to um, somebody with the disability. And so um, the good thing about it is the home is in a lower income neighborhood, but similar to Alvin, I invest a lot of money in it to make sure that people ha- are living in a very nice home. And so you know, giving other people the opportunity to have something that I would live in personally. Um, as I moved forward, again, now that I had that mindset, my first home I bought. We negotiated all that we could. We bought it under market because every time we go into a house, we we're like, "What's gonna What's gonna be the resale value?" And so we so, bought that home in Frisco. Qu-
1: question, Bethany, right there. When you say try to buy under market, do you have a formula or? Is it your own personal um, return on investment that you're looking for? Like, what is a recommendation? Are you saying 5,000 under market, 10,000 under market? And are you considering repairs?
2: I buy significantly. So I, we bought that house, our first house, during a recession. So I think the list price for the house was, in uh, the list price, the base price of the neighborhood at the time was $300,000, but we bought the house for $260,000. And um, the way that we are able to do it, we typically either buy the last house in the neighborhood or we buy a house in a neighborhood that hasn't had that many sales in a period of time. And you can have your real estate agent that's able to help you with that. And so if I know that they haven't had any sales or if it's their last house in the neighborhood, then you can significantly go in lower because the salesperson's going to be eager to get it off the market and so we bought that one forty thousand dollars under the market um i think around that's the time that i met you roslyn and we decided to buy um i think it was a hud home and and um we were just like hey we were seeing it was just the two of us we didn't have any kids so we actually rented out that first house that we bought and I remember we bought that HUD home site under scene I had saw came back on the market we bid on it and you called me the next day and we got it and we bid significantly under the market but I think it was the timing it was like it it just came on the market I I kept the app on my phone I bid on it that night before I went to bed and then the next morning it was just the right timing and I think we got it either like 20 or 30 thousand dollars below asking
1: price yeah. yeah,
3: Bethany, I have a question for you. You know, you said you got in, you were in college. I know I have a lot of customers and people I talk to on a daily basis. And you said you were in college, you were able to get the house. But what are some of the steps? I know credit and different things play a part now, but what are some of the exact things you did maybe can help our listening audience to do that? You have people who have full-time jobs, been working for 10 years, 15 years, and still haven't been able to accomplish getting the home. Can you give us a that's a, I'm awesome. I'm accomplishment to do it in college. Can you give us some background on that, please?
2: Yeah. So that was significant. That was back when our lending was a little bit more flexible. So I actually, um, so one thing that uh, another learning from that is build your kids um, credit early. So what I did was my mother put me as a user on her credit card. She made okay. me um, and so I instantly had credit. She already had built her credit. Her credit was really, really good. And she had put me on her credit card which she had over 15 years of history on. And so because of that, I automatically was able to get a good credit score and had the history that she had because it was on a card that had been open for a while. So um, we used to think that no credit was was more important. I never did credit cards because I didn't want to get hurt. But no credit is just as bad as bad credit is what we learned in that moment. And so she put me on her credit card. Um, I also did a thing where my grandmother, she co guaranteed me on the property. Oh, wow. okay. um, but so she didn't own the property. She wasn't on the deed, but she her credit co guaranteed me on the property. And then also because I was in college and because of my income, Back, they probably would never do this today, but they use mm-hmm. my, um, my work-study my work income, my um, internship income, and because of that, I was able to qualify for first-time housing, and because of the salary that I made, I was able to get some of the um, initiatives. To support that governments gave for people who had lower salaries.
3: And so I'm glad you said that because you really reinforced a lot of things that we were talking about on the radio show. Melanie has been talking about that for the last few weeks about right. making sure you how you can get the credit and you can get on a card with somebody and it can help boost your, your credit scores and things of that nature. And like we talk about you know financial literacy and that's amazing to hear too because a lot of people I tell people all the time is nothing wrong with being ignorant something wrong with being stupid. I, so I use myself as case in point. I had financial literacy people tell me what to do and not to do. And I still got myself in trouble back in the day. And through, like I say, through God's grace, I was healed financially. So we appreciate that.
4: <laughs> yeah, Chris is right. That That is awesome to have that foundation. Sometimes, you know, it, it for some people who feel like their credit is not necessarily where it needs to be, They don't know what they don't know. So maybe it is only a few points or uh, less than a few points that could be coached into doing Mm -hmm. those few things, adding those authorized users. And and that fear-based or that hesitation of not knowing or that unknown, just bringing those to the surface and saying hey let's get a snapshot of where we are is critical to do what you've done is, is go ahead and dive in and take that
1: next step into a purchase so. lots and lots of wisdom we'll take a short break let's hear from our co-sponsors superior abstract and title we'll be right back <laughs>
5: not your
1: typical title
5: company we make our clients feel number one by answering every call and working around the client's schedule we will close the customer at any location they choose with no costs added for this service. In addition, we are a 100% woman-owned business. Contact Superior today at 214-705-1310 or superiorabstract.com. Hey guys, this is
3: Chris Zigler with the Ziggler Agency Allstate. I want to you give a shout out to Superior Air, the Superior Air AC and HVAC company. They do residential and commercial. They do AC installations, maintenance and services and repair. They do a phenomenal job and he can be reached at 469-636-0945. And the owner of the company is Walter Pigney with Superior
4: Air. All right, Chris, I've got a sponsor too. And if you're a small business owner or you're a new startup, hey, my sponsor is Brian Jennings. He's the president of Next. Generation Payroll. He's based out of the Dallas area, mm-hmm. and he provides payroll services, marketing consultant, consulting, and HR consulting. So you can reach him directly at 214-396-2200, and that's 214-396-2200 or ngpayroll.com.
1: Awesome. And if you're just joining us, welcome back to Building Wealth Together, Back to the Basics, Building Wealth Together, Back to the Basics. If you have questions for any of our guest speakers, our panel, or the team, you can call the station at 972-996-3970. Again, that's 972-996-3970. And I think we hear that roar of our, our lone lioness. Rhonda, are you back with us? Uh-oh. Maybe we are still having technical difficulties there. But moving right along, we have been speaking with Miss Bethany Brown. And uh, goodness, there was lots of wisdom in what she did starting very, very young in college with her first investment property. She had families surrounding her. And that, that's what it's about, a good, strong mm-hmm. network of people that would support her future. And, and that is amazing. So we want to go ahead and punt it to Mr. Alvin. Alvin, tell us where you started in your investment career and some of the strategies that have been successful for you. Uh, And if you have any pitfalls, tell us about that as well.
0: Well, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about the pitfalls. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I started in my, well, I've been in real estate for 35 years, literally since after high school. And I started as a painter's helper through GC and then... Uh, in 1996 uh, I started my first mortgage company so I ran two mortgage companies from 96 to 2007. But in 2008 I did something that was that was totally different than what most people do. I was 40 something years old and I went to volunteer for a guy that had 16,000 apartments. So as a full-time volunteer, I, I, I literally told this guy that I wanted to sharpen his pencil or shine his shoes, anything he would allow me to do to be in that room. And he didn't believe me. And so he quit answering my calls. And then <laughs> I called him every week. I called, text, or emailed to him every week for a year. And finally, in March of 08, he picked up the phone and, and said, Alvin, I'm tired of you calling me. If you want to know what I do, you can come to Amarillo, Texas for 30 days, and I'll show you. Your business model is great, but it's so small, I think you're thinking too small. So the first thing I did was I volunteered. I wanted to help make somebody else's dream come true, and this guy poured into me um, everything that he had for, for 13 months. And then when he died, literally, uh, he, he died in a car wreck. Uh, Thirteen months to the day after I went to visit him, and I became the president of a billion and a half dollar foundation from oh, serving.
1: Look at God, not do Look,
0: it. look, look. Mm-hmm.
1: I got Bunch. chill bumps all over me. Let me just, let me just recap what you said. Yes. You served. Served. First. Yes. You volunteered and you didn't take no for an answer when somebody else didn't believe in your dream mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you said i don't care what you think you had the tenacity to to go past no and and that's incredible that's hey we can pass the plate on that right there <laughs> right a, a that, lot of yeah people and i just hate to say it, and I'm, I am going to say it, feel very entitled mm-hmm. that if they have a college education or if they got a few dollars, that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm your number one pick. But I'll let you go on and tell your story. Go ahead.
0: So it began through service. Um, and I didn't understand uh, I, why during that 13 months I was reading a lot of partnership agreements. And I mean... You can imagine a company that has 16,000 apartments in nine states, 180 companies own these apartment complexes. Fortunately, because I had construction experience, fortunately because I have mortgage company experience and funding deals. So let me me stop right there for a minute. Success only happens when preparation meets opportunity. Exactly. So if you're not preparing yourself in the downtimes then, when an opportunity comes, guess what? Oh, you're not sorry. you're not going to be able I, to.
1: I just heard you say, and I'm gonna paraphrase to the listeners. I know yeah. you prayed about it, Absolutely. but what have you prepared for? Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead, Alan. Okay.
0: So I sat there and I read partnership agreements uh, for 13 months, and I'm I was not, I was not an avid re- reader, but now I am, voracious reader. Um, but service reading, preparation, and then connecting with people. So the real estate business, people ask me what I do. I'm in the people business. I give people an opportunity to live where they would not otherwise be able to live or in a way that they would not be able to live because of the things that we buy and the way we we rehab them. So I became a student of the game. I became a student. So what did I do to prepare? I read, I read partnership agreements. But the first thing I did was I put myself in the room with people that could get me where I wanna go. So I don't talk to people and i say this humbly, but I do not talk to people that are talking about stuff that I don't wanna hear about that, or that does not have anything to do with my future. I just don't become a part of it. Uh, that's one way I can slip into the victim mindset. So even today, we own 1300 units. Our foundation is, our property values are over 100 million. We've done that in six years. When I started, my credit was jacked up. I told you that I've made some bad life choices, Uh, not on purpose, you know, we just, just things happen. I've had, you know, bad marriage, I've made bad business decisions. Um, I didn't prepare uh, when I was making, you know, my two mortgage companies, I made millions of dollars. I didn't blow it, but I didn't invest it because I didn't know. Today, I know, And our company is making millions of dollars. I've always invested in myself. I've always put all the money I made back into our business. And, you know, we put in 2007, I had put a lot of money into our mortgage company and then guess what happened? The whole industry melts down. So that decision was not something that I did to myself, but it happens, you know, so life happens Mm -hmm. to all of us. But I think Rosalyn, to answer your question, uh, the steps that I took was, I put myself in the room with the people that that I wanted to emulate. I I wanted to be like this guy. I wanted the business that he had. I became a student of, of, of what he was doing. I served him and I wanted to make his dreams come true. And then I put other people before me. And when you do that, man, God just has a way of just, he's looking for people to use so that he can get the glory for that. He said he'll I, use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that's me. You know, I, I told you, I barely graduated high school, not from being dumb, but just from choices that I made. See, I, I think, hey.
3: That was great what you said there, because I want to commend you for that too, because you kind of reiterated a lot of stuff that we've talked about in the past. And same thing with, with myself. I was working full time. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but while I was trying to do that, and I'm saying this for the master, you can test this as well. Some mm-hmm. people think, I got my goal. I got my dream. I'm going to do that. But sometimes the family is suffering, the wife, the children. Can you kind of expound on that a little bit as well?
0: Well, uh, I won't talk about the wife or the children. (laughs) Uh, No, I've got one one biological son. He's 34 years old. I've been married twice and now I'm on my third marriage. Uh, This one is great. It's blissful. Uh, The first one, I was young and dumb and got married at 17 and made some real bad decisions in that situation. Uh, The second time I got married, I got married to someone that saw the money and the bling. So in 2007, when the money and the bling went away, or in 2008, she left. So those bad decisions that I said, you know, it's not like I was out there doing something stupid. I just didn't listen to God and married the wrong person the second time. Uh, the first time I wasn't the right person. So I've taken responsibility for all of the things and shortcomings that I've had. But one thing that I've always had is the tenacity to push through the no, you know, I, um, not having a college degree to fall back on, you know, being a painter's helper coming out of high school and, and keep in mind, my parents were educators, teachers. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was a principal, but For so long, I was mad at them because they never talked to me about college. They'd come home and tell me, I shut up, go in the room. We've been dealing with kids all day. (laughs) Well, you got one at home. (laughs) (laughs) And for so long, I didn't understand that. But I'll tell you, when I got to a place where I could judge them for what they knew and not for what I know today, it freed me from that. Mm -hmm. And I just decided that, you know, I think I was 38 and woke up, in my bed by myself in DeSoto, Texas and said, God, man, I have screwed up. I got a long way to go and a lot of ground to make up, but I promise you, if I get one more shot, I will give you all the glory and, and it's gonna be wonderful. And yeah, man, I tell you, you've done yeah. some wonderful things. That's He's awesome out- because- Wonderful.
4: That, that, that's awesome, you know, uh, the, having the passion that you have behind your experiences and behind your life experiences those things that propel us to the next level those things that make us rise above you know i think about that when you were talking i think about that mule or that they got fell in the well and uh, they just you know the the farmer was going to just said let me just throw the dirt on him." you know life throws a lot of dirt on us but what we do with that is what makes a difference and what your testimony and what you're sharing right now is a huge, huge help and foundation for a lot of us who feel like Indeed. we have been held back from something. It's our decision to step up and shake that dirt off and keep rising above it. And look at you, look at yeah. God.
1: So look, look at him, y'all. I a question uh, back to you, Beth. Um, I know it takes funds, but talk to the community about funding. And we're going to have a segment about that next week. So you want to tune back in listeners. We'll be talking about funding the deal, but just touch on it a little bit about how you guys were able to fund your deals. Did you have a nest egg saved or did you pull your funds?
2: Um, so I think what we did investing early um, and again, getting them um, at the lower cost, we, like I sold um, that first house I told you that we moved into our first house when we got married and then we bought the HUD home. and the HUD home is we just put together a basic s- savings plan. we 've always believed that we live under our means. Our goal is that one salary pays for our expenses and then the other wow. salary you know really? we save and we save or we invest or whatever the case may be, but we always no matter where we move for us personally, we always live within one salary. we're both um, okay. W2 workers. And so when it came time to buy that. And then another thing is we don't buy homes for us ourselves personally that maxes out financially. Um, Again, we live in that one salary. So we're always able to buy a second home because of the fact that we didn't buy this grandiose first home that going to um, over max our budget and so for our right. second one we knew that we were gonna we started saving we put even today i keep a bank account where we're saving for investment properties and when it was time to close we had the money um and then we bought a, we sold those two homes and bought a third home again same strategy buy below the market but because of the fact we sold two homes part of that money we get we saved part of it we invested And then when we bought our third home, we we really got a a good price on that. When we sold that one, um, we were able to get some more money from that home as well. And then that's when we moved to California and San Francisco. And San Francisco is a different beast of a market. And um, we managed to find a place uh, um, in East Bay that we, again, looking at trends, looking and seeing how fast the market is growing, what was gonna be the next Oakland, um, we bought there, and within a year, um, that's where we met a group of friends, and we realized that we don't have to do real estate on our own. We were probably doing what most other people do. You sit around the business tape, dinner table, and like, what if we go into business together? And I think the difference is between what we did there and, and what people typically do is we acted on it. We sat at the table, and then we actually acted on it and put together a plan. And we realized you're talking about funds at first it was our funds and our w-2 salary that was allowing us to vest when we sat at that table we then had um two other families that we could invest in buy properties with you're sharing the investments and sharing the risk and so that's something that we were able to do and that's how we were able to buy so many properties over a short period of time
1: moving forward that's what it's about (laughs) building wealth together we're better together we're better together So um, Beth, regarding those relationships, you definitely don't have to relinquish who they are, but talk about some of the key players professionally um, that are involved with you securing and maintaining your assets.
2: Yeah, so um, again, all of us that were at the table were W-2 employees. All of us have pretty similar financial philosophies. Um, And so we had the funds together. And so this is another mistake that we made when we were forming a group. We were looking at the dollars we had and we had the money to invest. What we did not look at was that we all had good credit, but we didn't look at the debt to credit ratio. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think when you're joining investment groups, you can have money all day. And unless you're buying properties cash, or unless you found a way where Alvin probably is where you're using um, investors to buy your property, if you're the investor yourself, you got to make sure that the credit that you have is together. And so we started buying properties and we realized that we were going to run into a point of where our cre- we were going to s- surely start losing credit. And so, um, but what we did do to make sure that we were safe is we, um, we had a, um we had a lawyer, he's a CPA, he's a lawyer, he's a tax lawyer. We made sure we had a really, really good property manager and a and we have um, a set of lenders that we use. And so together we've built this system that's allowed us to buy properties in different cities across
3: the nation. That's I, think I have a question for you real quick um, in regards to you said, you know, you joined with some other people and we had Lauren Cadillac on last week and she was talking about setting up an LLC, S-Corps and different things like that. In your particular situation, what route did you guys go, what route would you suggest would be the best way to go when you're doing something like that? I think
2: every situation is going to be different. So you're going to need your really good lawyer that's going to be able to help you out. And so um, we had uh, somebody that would use, like I said, he's a tax lawyer and he's a CPA. So he's able to do the. The legal piece of it, but he's also able to do our finances at okay. the end of the year as well. And we went through the different routes of between S Corp, LLC, and based upon our business model and what we were trying to accomplish for the new future, we went the LLC direction. But we do know that if we meet hit certain benchmarks or certain positions, we might have to ultimately open mm-hmm. up an S Corp or do something else. So, gotcha. Thank
3: yeah. you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Alvin, I have a question for you. Um, well. Do you- Do you buy based on your purpose or a purpose or a why, or is it really just bottom line dollars and cents?
0: It's all bottom line dollars and cents. Okay. Uh, Our organization is a 501c3 nonprofit. So all of the dollars that we make go back into uh, our mission, and our mission is to provide safe, decent, sanitary housing. So you know there what bethany has done i'll tell you guys is absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. most people are not smart enough (laughs) to live on one salary or to have that kind of mindset coming out of college so from the position that i'm in i didn't have the opportunities that bethany and her family have set themselves up to do so i always had to use other people's money so zig you asked about structures and that was really great bethany had some great advice You know, when I stepped into that company, there were, I said, 180 companies that ran 66 apartment complexes. That's because Mm -hmm. each one of those entities has a separate uh, limited partnership or that owns it. And in that limited partnership, you've got anywhere from one GP to five LPs. So Mm -hmm. you have six up to no telling how many LPs in each deal. So that structure of reading those partnership agreements that I was talking about—that's how I became a student of that to really understand what you know which one of our deals worked. But what I was saying, I had always had to use other people's money um, to buy our deals. So because I have become a student of this, and we have done, we've built a track record of of doing this. But before I had the track record, I had to be a salesman. So mm-hmm. sales is always painting a picture. And the guy that can paint the best picture is usually the guy that gets to sell. So if you come in off the street into a car lot and see, I'm painting a picture for you. So you walk in off the street uh, to a car lot and you need a car and I'm going to paint you a picture of, boy, can't you see yourself rolling? (laughs) Uh, You don't care how much the payment is. I'm going to sell you a car. So same thing with our investment opportunities. I will take a run down apartment complex that could be totally vacant or in a real bad area and show you how based on this number that we're going to pay for it based on these numbers of dollars that we're going to put into it this is going to be the value of it based solely on the financials doesn't matter where it is what it looks like based on the rents we're going to get this is the value if you invest this amount with me or our foundation this is the preferred return we're going to pay you on that and then after that preferred return at a capital event, either a sale or a refinance, we're going to give you a portion of the equity as well. So you could get anywhere from 10 to 49% of the equity. Oh, wow! So on one deal, we bought, our first deal was a million dollar deal. Uh, it was a hundred houses that was operated as an apartment complex. We paid a million four for it. I borrowed the whole million million four. I didn't have a penny. This guy, I paid him 10% interest on his money in three years, that property went from a million dollar value to $6 million value. We refinanced it at three and a half million. I paid him his million four back. He got half of the million dollar cash out that we pulled out when we closed. And then we went on to do the next deal. So he was like, hold on, I made 10% of my money. Million <laughs> when we closed, and this guy says he can do this over and over and over again. So here's... What's was the next deal? So he gave me $3 million. The next oh, time wow. we were gonna buy 300 units. He also guaranteed my loans at the bank. So we structured a deal to where he would guarantee half the money at the bank. He gave me investment dollars and we did the sweat equity and put in the work. Hmm. So that's, that's the other piece that everybody has. Oh, I got a dream. Yeah, you got a dream. Okay, wake up. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alvin, I got a
3: question for you. And Bethany, this might go to you as well. I'm gonna switch gears in just a little bit here. I know you guys were talking about affordable housing. And for our listeners out there who are interested in getting a home or something of that magnitude, how can they get you know information about what you guys have been doing and maybe hopefully be in a position to, to do that or give them some steps on what they need to do to, to get in a home?
0: Well, I'll start because if they want to buy a home, I would have them reach out to Ross Booker with R. Brook Realty. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would be me.
0: Right? um i think but bethany is at a place with what i'm doing with my education company she is the perfect person that i would like to take and bethany for our next boot camp because we do six-week virtual boot camps i want to i will get somebody to sponsor you and your husband for this i want to walk you through that six-week boot camp
1: oh wow look at (laughs)
0: god can you do it yeah Uh, i want (laughs) to be sponsored (laughs) <laughs> well, I to be
3: sponsored
0: too. <laughs> well, well, Chris, we can do that because we typically give away four of the 20 spots uh, that we that we that we have every six weeks. OK. Um, Some to people that can't afford to pay the boot camps, only fourteen hundred bucks or fifteen hundred dollars. But I can assure you with the fifteen hundred dollar investment, especially somebody that's like Bethany that has gone through this process, have already mm-hmm. bought homes and now she said, Okay, let's let's go buy twenty apartments. Let's go buy a small apartment complex. How can we do that? So I look forward to doing that. But also for somebody that hasn't gotten to where Bethany is, and I'm not giving myself a plug for fifteen hundred dollars. I'm trying to get as many people into this business as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, there are not many people that. Well, this is Cage begins. So. Well, mostly, Alvin, yes,
1: Alvin, hello. the hello.
0: Hello, we'll
1: talk offline. The BWT
0: team. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: What did I miss? We she, she
4: said the BWT team. BWT team. Building wealth Building together.
0: together. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little slow, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do. I just want to help as many people get into this space as possible. Um everybody wants financial freedom everybody wants freedom uh for me it's more about you know i'm at at my age and i'm not old but at my age what i think about now is how much money do i need to live the rest of my life and everybody around me 15 20 people you know really close associates family members when i leave here what do they need to have in place so that they can keep their life going and keep this thing going that we started and so everything i do today feeds to those to answer those two questions and i'm at the i'm the second one so actually it's what does everybody else around me need to where if i'm not here tomorrow to keep this vision going and then what do i need and that happened because i had a brain tumor a couple two years ago actually and the doctor told me i need to go home and get your affairs in order so i went home got my affairs in order went to the hospital a week or two later Walked out two days later, no scars, no nothing. Brain tumor gone. Clearly, God worked oh, the miracle. Wow! Half. wow. Uh, Definitely amazing. Wow! But Beautiful. that, but you know, now it's like, okay, my affairs in order. How do we keep them in order, and how do we, how do we spread this around? So,
1: Absolutely.
0: I don't know so, if I answered your you question, Blossom, but thank you for the opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. no, no, no problem. So. Um, let us hear from our co-sponsors again. We'll take a short uh, 30 second and hear from Superior Abstract. Be right back.
5: Abstract and title is not your typical title company. We make our clients feel number one by answering every call and working around the client's schedule. We will close the customer at any location they choose with no costs added for this service. In addition, we are a 100% woman-owned business. Contact Superior today at 214-705-1310 or superiorabstract.com.
4: Hey, back to Building Wealth Together Radio. Hey, if you know of someone out there that has a small business or needs small business solutions, reach out to Brian Jennings. He's the president of Next Generation Payroll. He offers payroll services, marketing consulting, HR consulting, and they're located right in Dallas. So you can reach him at 214-396-2200 or at ngpayroll.com. Chris?
3: And I'm going to talk. give a shout out to Superior Superior HVAC. They do residential commercial AC installations, maintenance and repair, And you know, we're here in Texas, it's 99, 100 degrees. And don't be like me a few years ago. I was kind of negligent on getting some stuff done. Then I had to go pay for a hotel room for my wife and daughters. They said they were going to be in the heat. So remember, Walter Pickney with Superior Air at 469-636-0945.
1: Thank you so much. And if you're just joining us, thank you for tuning in to Building Wealth Together. Back to the basics. We have our special guest, Bethany Brown and Al. investors in their own right, they may say differently, but um, I just love the fact that we could come together and they s- accepted the invitation to take this time out of their busy schedules on a Saturday, you know, away from their families and other duties to be here to share their success stories. And I see the lone lioness. She yeah. three is a charm. <laughs> Ron, I was very early this morning. The internet was not kind to me, but I am excited to do that.
4: Oh, my goodness. And yeah, uh, when, when I join in, I mean, the information I've obtained. Oh, I've been look, listening on my Facebook uh, during the whole time, but
1: uh, great information. Powerful, powerful, powerful. very powerful. So if you're tuning in and want to engage with the, the group, if you have a question, you can call the station at 972-996-3970. Again, that's 972 972- Nine nine six three nine seven zero. If Melly, Mel, or uh, Rhonda, or Chris, Zig, want to hop on over to our Facebook page and see if there are any questions or activity, uh, we would definitely love to uh, have those questions asked of our panel today. Um, you can reach the BWT team that will be Rhonda, myself, or Zig and Melly, Mel at four six nine seven nine five one seven zero eight that's four six nine seven nine five one seven zero eight you know um you know i've been in the real estate industry 24 years this year myself and started my own company back in 2006 god said you birthed so many others dreams it's time for you to do it yourself but we can't talk about success at least i can't without talking about some of the pitfalls and when people say hey I want to get into real estate Ron, I want you to mentor me I really try to talk them out of it first so using that strategy what are some of the things Alvin and or Bethany what are some things if people what are some of the mindsets that you need uh, to be able to plunge forward Um, what are some what what's a lie that people believe about investing that's not true
2: I think a lie is I can't afford um, to invest. And um, Roz, I think I shared with you this um, over the last year. The Dallas market has gotten really, really, really expensive. And so for people that are investing um, and that first home that you're thinking about buying, I mean, you're going to spend upwards 250 300 depending on where you are and so um i would say that that's one of the lies because the dallas market is not the only market Um, with me and my investment group what we do is we look at different markets across the u.s and then based upon the dollar amount we want to spend and based upon what the returns are, that's the market that we decide to go to. So um, we don't just stick to Dallas. We've, we've looked at markets in Florida. We've looked at markets in Ohio. Um, we're gonna consider markets in Houston, maybe North Carolina. Um, we make sure that we find intel of somebody that's in that market and um, put together, like I said, a system between having a really good realtor a really good lawyer, um, a really good property manager, and you can go into another market and find homes that are affordable for you to invest in.
1: That's amazing. Thank you for that info. Alvin, what would you say?
0: Well, uh, Russell, I believe it all starts with a mindset. So if you can't see it, you'll never achieve it. So the first thing you need to do is get your, again, people, places, things, I think if you get yourself in the right place with the right people at the right time, the right things will happen. And then the mind, you know, the mind will kick in. So when I talked about tenacity, I'm very tenacious. You can't tell me no, if I don't think that I can do it. Um, that's a mindset. Uh, if I think I can do it, then I can. That's a mindset. So when it comes to real estate investing, I think some of the misnomers are the lie or I could never own a hundred apartments. I can never own 25,000 apartments. I don't even own my own house. How can I buy an apartment complex? Well, it's just because you hadn't been exposed or because you hadn't thought you could. So I would think that everything starts in the mind and um, man, you just have to be able to see it. You have to, my pastor always says you, we, we speak what we, we, we speak what we say so we can see what we say. Because yeah. if I speak it out, I can see it. Or if I see it, I can speak it. And then if I speak it, I can achieve it. Oh. And I think it's it's so simple. It doesn't start with, oh, how do I go buy real estate or how do I buy apartment complex? It starts with, do I think I can buy an apartment complex? That's and that's, right. that's, that's all of life for me. So,
1: so Alvin, uh, what associations, whether it be clubs, whether it be actual organizations, would you recommend people be a part of? And if either of you have any books that you can recommend people read? We'd love to hear.
0: Associations. Um, I can't answer that question. I'm not a member of any associations. I'm not. But I personally pay, I spend about 20% of my salary every year involved in several mastermind groups. So I, I don't, Subscribe to the association, but I pay to be in a room of people that think like I want to think. That's so. Good. That's that, That's my recommendation.
1: That's good, Bethany. Do you have any recommendations?
2: I don't have that yet. Um, I more so have done what Alvin is does. Um, I find people that are like minded and people that have done what it is that I've done, um, and I lean on their experiences in order to um, go to next go to the next level and,
1: and you know i can appreciate what you guys are saying and there's no right or wrong answer you've been successful without buying into all these club. a lot of people come and say "Roz, which which uh investment organization club do i need to be a part of i'm like i don't know <laughs> so um for both of you to say hey you've just got in the room with like minds or or with people who are further along or where you want to be, that's great. That is great information. And once again-
0: Let me, let me interject if you don't mind. I sure. think somebody's asking that question and they're looking, they're searching. Yeah. You know, they're hungry for it. So yeah. that they just need to keep looking because they may join an association and it turned out to be the right room for them where it's not for me or, right, or for Bethany or for you. Right. So I think that, that desire to feed that hunger, mm-hmm. um, they just need to keep going. So many people quit right before their breakthrough, right? We all know that. Oh, um, that one more pick of the ax, man, you yeah, your
1: church at, Alvin? I know you preaching. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, This has been so play. amazing. So, so amazing, Alvin and Bethany. And this is all we have time for. We didn't even have time for our round robin. But y'all, this has been so good. Please join us next week. At the noon hour, we're going to be talking about how to finance the deal. We're going to have a couple of gurus um, that will show us the money and ways that they finance some really heavy deals. Yes, yes, yes. I'm Rosby. B. Rosby, B. You've been listening to Building Wealth Together right here on KHVN Radio Heaven 97. Thank you so much to our guests, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. You are to tune in to your number one gospel station. To Heaven
0: 97. Heaven 97.
3: Heaven 97. Heaven 97. KHVN.